and welcome to... Wait, wait. Shit. We gotta start over. I mean, I know we're rolling, but can you can you roll that back? Can you, sure. can you replay the... I mean, we're live, of course, and this will go in the final cut, but I have a great bit that won't work without a re-roll. Lobulous land of sparkle tits, and I'm hosting the podcast today. The podcast known as Yeah. I didn't actually have a bit, and then I was like, I probably why would I say I had a bit that we had to reset for if I like literally don't have anything? And then so I was like, okay, we're doing the song. He he had the volume down. Do I do I stop it and go, no, no, you got to play it again with the volume correct to give me more time, you know, to think of to think of a funny bit? Or do we just go, OK, no, I that was I'm cutting out, you know, I'm diving. I'm not going to make an attempt. But, you know, it came down to a game time decision and that's what came out. Um, I'm Spencer. <laughs> um, I'm coming with you live from um, my ha- house. I mean, I guess we're coming to you live from Kevin's connection, right, Kevin? True. You're coming to my house and then it's going out to the world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming to Kevin live and Kevin's coming to you live. And, you know, the end result is us. And so um, what you won't hear this episode is Jeff Davis, um, the comptroller, the the object of my derision and spite, um, the scapegoat, as I like to call him. Yes. Um, so, you know, uh, w- what was it? I wanted to I, I told the story in the in the episode that you may or may not have listened to um, that we put out. It was like a, you know, just a bullshit episode because I was like, we can't skip two weeks can't skip two weeks in a row one week fine two weeks no we gotta we gotta put something in the feed also i gotta plug my fucking patreon my spitreon is live you guys holy shit it's it's working so hard jeff is afraid to come on the podcast anymore um so yeah go to patreon.com slash the sixler to check out my spitreon i'm releasing DD content i made a a food review i think i'm gonna try and do food reviews there just because it feels like i don't know if i just like started a blog or something of food stuff or just like you know i don't know it feels like it's weird to like just be like i'm a writer and i'm gonna write bullshit things that i think are good you know i'm starting a sub stack or whatever i don't know that sounds weird but if it's like i already have a patreon for something else and if i put writing there all the better you know it feels a little bit different psychologically so i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do food reviews i don't know who knows we're gonna we're gonna make it we're gonna make it spiteful in here and it'll be really good um but yeah no check out my spytron anyway so we didn't have a show for two weeks and jeff also sensed that you know and so he he rolls in uh to the text uh with uh you know he wants to get things rolling in his particular jeff way as i'm sure kevin can attest to so you know jeff breaks into the chat with uh hey i can't do the podcast next week but we should do the podcast which is isn't that just jeff davis ladies and gentlemen (laughs) isn't that just what what working with him is like is like yeah i'm not gonna do it but I am involved. <laughs> my name's on it. Here's my face. 
you know so you guys should really get going huh i mean come on someone's got to do this and let's face it it's not gonna be me um so you know i think that was the subtext to the text uh, i don't know what the exact text was and then i was like okay well you know there's other days what was it a wednesday thursday i think it was a wednesday and you know i was like what about before that saturday friday we could record you know we could do a pre-record and he's like yeah and i was like okay well you know what about friday what about i think i said like no well okay at this point the story goes into fiction because it's a better story this way so at this point i was like okay what about saturday no response uh you know friday uh is is coming to a close and i'm like yeah what about saturday and uh jeff's like yeah and then 10 minutes later jeff's like "Ooh, my my saturday just got super busy which is this is uh, another one of jeff's moves um which is his schedule just spontaneously fills up with mystery items um which he's never willing to reveal which to me just says i'm making this up i i i do not have an obligation i would rather go to the bar and i'm not gonna say that i'm gonna say you know oh my my schedule just filled up you know and who knows well, it did I, you technically know. what it did technically fill up with going to the bar yeah no but but there's there's events that happen and then there's maybe i'd rather do something else <laughs> and i think you know philosophically those are a little bit different you know executions of a similar idea um but so so yeah his saturdays just filled up and i was like oh okay um what what do we want to do and then he said and then so now we're back into truth um that's what it felt like by the way i don't know exactly what it happened i'm not going to look at the text messages so that was my emotional truth but i don't think that was literally true but we're transitioning back into literal truth um and then i was like okay so when should we record and then he he sends just a typo mess and it just like i have no idea what it and just doesn't correct it for like four hours or something and so i'm like at some point i'm like that doesn't say anything like there's just typos and he and he, then he responds i don't know what that was supposed to mean <laughs> and then more time passes and it's like okay why don't you scroll up and look at the question that you thought you responded to and if you don't understand your response why don't you take that question for another spin and come up with an organic answer in the moment and give it to me or you know just go back to whatever you're doing and ignore us that's fine um and so then i'm like okay and then so i start pitching because you know there's letters there they don't make anything coherent but you can see possible hints of intention you know ideas and so i'm like Ugh. did you want to do it later uh or earlier and he's like yes and i was like later or earlier <laughs> and he's like gotta be later and it's like Ugh. you know we had like three days to figure this out before the day the show is supposed to be and now it's like you know saturday night revelation oh i meant to say i can't do it at all and want to do it on monday or something which you know is fine because gave me 17 minutes of content you know i don't know i don't know but so that's that's what I'm dealing with. Um, that's why we're here. And so I had all day to prepare a great show and I didn't. Um, this is going to be a bad show and it's 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 probably going to be one of the worst ones. 
Um, there was that one show that was a bad show that me and Kevin did, and I it could beat that one. I don't know. You know, at this point, I think it's worse. We we might be able to get ourselves out of it. Certainly by comparing ourselves to that episode for the rest of the episode, I think that'll kind of be enough to to get us over the edge. But no, I don't I don't I don't know what to talk about. I tried to get a guest. Uh, I tried to get a couple guests. It didn't work out. Um I don't know, man. What I like podcasting, but for me, I need a net, you know, and this is podcasting without a net. You know, I'm not, I, I, it's not good. It's not good to listen to, but that's my life. What else is in my life? I, I played D&D &D this morning. I filled in a game. That's why I did prep the show. Actually, I was playing D&D. &D. I was filling in on a campaign. Um, I was being hilarious, by the way. I was playing uh, a character you might recognize from the That Happens D&D, &D, Oculon, the Dwarven Cultist. Um, I built him using my the my Patreon content because the first Patreon content of my Patreon coming out once a month is going to be D&D &D stuff. And I released a character option for the warlock, uh, a character option for the patron of the big cool eye. And so I was playing as a cultist of the big cool eye that just kind of showed up and um, I was helping people out. I was running around blasting things with my eyeball. It was really awesome we fought this giant golem and had to like rip out his eyes to power him down and uh then we got trapped in a room full of faces and the faces were crying and they were crying acid and we had to cheer up the faces the faces and so i <laughs> this is so bad this is like a call to my mom is just being a podcast um <laughs> But so the, I, 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 I reached into my memory banks and to cheer up these stone faces to stop from being um, burned in acid by their acidic tears, I, I used a joke from the series um, Dragon Ball Z in an episode where Goku had to tell a joke to, um, who was it? The blue guy, right? King, King something. King Kama? I don't know. Uh, the blue guy who lives on the small planet, you know, who give, who taught who taught Goku Kaioken and stuff. And he had to make him laugh. And so Goku just screams at the top of his lungs. He goes, you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. And it just like it zooms out multiple times and you hear his like his voice echoing just in this weird negative space. And then, you know, master whatever his name is last master Kame. Um, he laughs and, uh, that, and then he passes the test. So I screamed that in the room and I was like, what a great throwback. I wonder if anyone's catching this reference, you know, but it worked. It cheered up the stone faces and, um, everyone's like, and then I was like, we got to cheer up these faces y'all. And then everyone got to work cheering up the faces. And I, I saved the day with my quick thinking. Uh, my quick thinking did a lot in that D and D session. I will say it was a lot of fun. I felt very smart. Um, but yeah, that's my life update. What about you, Kevin? Um, had a great Christmas, kind of weird, not doing shows. Like we didn't do any of the shop and video shows for a couple of weeks. That was a, yeah. a strange little break. Um, we're setting off tomorrow on a train ride across the country. Haven't mm -hmm. tried this before. We're, we're, we're hopping on the old Amtrak going from Chicago to Los Angeles tomorrow. 48 hours have... straight on a train with a toddler. Toddler. Yeah. Ariel Who's has a toddler. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you just were like, we're taking we this stolen. baby west. 
Um, but uh, uh, so so are you having like I feel like can't you reserve private cabins or something or maybe that's just an old that's, trains from the 1920s? No, that that's what we did, but it's still like uh-huh. the size of a closet for three people for two days. Yeah, but just having an enclosure either with or without an openable window seems kind of nice as an yes. option in a public transport. Yeah, you did your own like huge like floor to ceiling curved window so you can see like going through the desert and the valleys and all that and it should be nice have you ever go- yeah. have you ever gone on a long distance train ride before not super long I, I i can't remember the longest train ride i i've taken a couple like i've gone from burbank to moore park which is kind of how my dad got to work when um when he used to work in uh tv and so i've taken like similar trips to that i always like the train um the amtrak and the metro link by us um they have mostly two-story buses and so i would just kind of like walk the length of the car and go up the stairs and walk back and i just kind of go in loops i just take a bunch of laps through the train a lot of the time and just a lot of fun i don't know dining cars and a train are really interesting you know it's just a weird interesting environment um but yeah i don't know trains are cool uh where the tickets cheap like uh, obviously i feel like the tickets aren't cheap like they usually are no. priced kind of similar to planes but yes. they're less convenient than planes yes that you've you've nailed it um right yeah no it's it, they're not cheap, but you did a lot for it. Just, I mean, there's a there's a restaurant dining car where you get three full, actually surprisingly nice meals a day that are included in it. If you get the sleeping car, you know, your own little private room thing and things like that. So you you get a lot for it. But yeah, it's it's not cheap compared to, to you know, uh, cheap plane trip tickets. Yeah. When you consider you're spending two days, it's like you might be hope to get a little discount off of a plane ticket. You know? You'd think. But yeah, I mean, trains are great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, we could do we could do a lot more with trains in this country if we wanted. Uh, you know, you, you hear about this hyperloop, this Elon Musk hyperloop. I don't think anyone really remembers. But when he first proposed it, uh, it was like a massive rail uh, underground rail, like under the whole country like a high-speed rail connecting the whole country and it also operated on a on a on a weird principle that was probably one of elon musk's many just pulled out of his ass bullshit things that could never be possible um but he wanted it to be um the train had some sort of suction um that it could suck the air in front of it through it and push it behind it to negate the wind resistance that um you know bullet trains very fast you know too fast uh fast enough certainly you know like don't really need to beat that but his premise was we could beat that if we could do something about the wind resistance and we might be able to do that if we had some sort of weird tube and system underground i don't know that was the initial premise and then he was like well what if there was tesla buses and they went in one-way roads underground and everyone's like that sucks and then he was like well wait a minute what if they're normal cars but they get on special skates and then the skates go down one-way roads it's like that's even worse and he's like okay hold on what if i hire uber drivers and they take you down these one-way roads and there's traffic and it's like that's not that's literally not anything that's not even anything you can't even call that like that's like what if what if air hurt to breathe you know like like what if instead of your eyes we gouge them out like i mean you're just like none of this is anything it's just horrible like what you're proposing like 
at the very beginning, that was something. It was impossible, sure, and you were pulling it out of your ass, but at least that's something. Now this is just awful. This is just all terrible. You know, I don't know. Um, but so, okay. Anyway, side that that was a good rant. Good rant. Um, but Christmas, you said Christmas. Do you talk to your family, Ariel's family, anything? Yeah, yeah. We had a couple people over for Christmas. Just her, you know, two or three people from her family came by. Uh you know, still getting used to having a three-year-old in my house and things like that. So, you know, that was fun to experience Christmas through the eyes of a three-year-old. This is really the first year she's going to maybe remember Christmas and kind of vaguely understands what's going on. So that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah, it was, it was really nice. What did, what did you do for Christmas? Well, follow-up question, three-year-old, any good words, any good words? Uh, you mean like, has she learned any good yeah, words? Yeah, is there a lot of, not a lot of talking at that age, right? Is there? She's, no, there is. She's she's pretty vocal now. Pretty and she's vocal. Le- learned a few swear words and, you know, it's embarrassing. But yeah, no, she's, she's starting to like, just in the last six months, gone from kind of babbling to being able to say, hey, go downstairs, pick this up and bring it back to me. And she actually does it, which is a, mm-hmm. s- amazingly satisfying to watch. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't hate kids. I'm afraid of kids not liking me. I'm afraid of everyone not liking me. Um, But, you know, I I, I feel like I like interacting with kids. Like, I don't like baby kids. I kind of talk to them pretty seriously, but I talk about them about what they're interested. I'm like, you know, oh, that was was a great show. You know, tell me more about Dora, you know, stuff like that, you know, like, oh, and I like talking to them because it's interesting. You know, I don't know. How does the average kid react to you? I think kids are not impressed by me, um, <laughs> but you know, it's not, you know, I don't think kids are f- esca- like afraid of me usually either. I think it's pretty neutral. It's just, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm not important to anybody, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's something that becomes really clear. I'm like, I'm definitely like the seventh thing that anyone's thinking at, of at <laughs> most, um, which, which brings me into my Christmas. Um, I forgot. So we actually had christmas dinner did we talk about that on the pod not christmas dinner but you know dinner over the holidays no i don't think we did so we we went to fogo de chow and that was maybe the only thing i did during the whole like winter season um was go to fogo de chow um with with you for your wedding after dinner. yes um and that was very fun and yeah so holidays are a tough time for me they've always been a tough time for me I don't know why. Um, part of it is they serve as really concrete markers of how far afield I am from like normal people and normal experiences. Um, I was all like, I feel like the strongest, the the strongest like negative feeling I ever had was always Halloween. Um, you know, I'm a big kid, and. Um, there's a thing that big or mature looking kids encounter as they trick or treat, which is the suspicion of adults, which is like, you're too old to be trick or treating. And it's like, I'm younger than him. He just looks like a baby, you know? And, and so like, and so it becomes this thing where like, what are you doing? You're wrong in some way you don't belong. And what you don't belong in is the age cohort you identify with. You are now a weird, large person, you know? And so then, you know, that's something that everyone goes through is kind of aging out of the trick or treating. You know, I aged out of it earlier than most. 
um, you know, I knew like 16, 17 year old kids that were uh, trick or treating in high school and stuff. Um, but you know, you, you transition from that until like the, the Halloween parties and stuff. And I would never get invited to any parties, let alone Halloween parties. And so like parties in general were also similar where there were these signifiers that I'm just not checking the boxes you're supposed to check as a human being, you know, and a, and a, and a participant in society. And so, you know, Halloween parties were just a stronger thing because it's like this cultural thing where everyone's, oh, it's all the, all the Halloween parties and everyone's, you know, and all the ladies are being sexy and everyone's, you know, it's all this hip kind of this hip kind of new adult kind of thing as we grow out of childhood, you know, and it's like, okay, so I was ejected early from childhood and now I'm being barred from entering into like cool teen adulthood you know and so it's like okay i'm just i'm just fucked maybe it'll get better never does and so i don't know and so i think that was the first one um that started hitting me but you know i stopped going to thanksgiving and 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 christmas with my family at some point um just because i don't know probably just being a, a brat or something but it was just always a hassle my family anytime we get into a car and go somewhere it's a fucking nightmare and it's all made up like we're the mo me and my two brothers are the most chill people on the planet. And then, I mean, not necessarily, but in these instances, they are. Um, and then my parents just the day they're just freaking out and screaming with they're, they're like, we're late, we're late, we're late. And then they're the reason we're like two hours late. They're like saying we're late when we're two hours early. And then we don't leave until after we start being late. And it's like, well, I'm not the person who chooses when we leave. Like, it's just this entirely manufactured drama. And it's like, I don't, I don't want this. And then I would go and then people would be like, oh, how's your job at Borders? And it's like, I haven't worked at Borders. No, no. They would say, how's your job at, at Barnes and Noble? And I would be like, I never worked at Barnes and Noble. I've never worked at Barnes and Noble. I never had a job there. I haven't worked there in seven years either but I never worked there, but like, I've never had this bookstore job that you think is my job that I never had. I just never, it's like, and so I just, it's just like having these same conversations over and over and then, you know, the same misunderstandings. And it's like, well, I mean, I'm not trying that hard either, but at least I'm not pretending like I'll just sit in the corner and, and mind my own business. Like you guys can go talk to each other. No one has to like go pretend they're interested in me and then lose interest. And then I just have to watch another disappointment, like walk out of my life, you know? Um, so I, I opted out of doing that. Um, and yeah, I think it kind of just was the start of me growing apart from my family. And so, um, you know, uh, it's a reminder knowing that I don't have the family like other people have. I don't have a close connection with my family. And um, in addition, because I don't have a family and your friends and social people are doing things with their family, then it's like the other things that you do that aren't family stuff, like your normal routines, social routines get disrupted. And then because like businesses are being weird and, you know, being closed and stuff and having different hours and also the pandemic and everything, then it's like, and I don't even know what kind of commercial activities I can be engaging in like all of the layers of my life just get completely disrupted for the whole season and and it's a season where I'm already and also I have seasonal effectiveness disorder so like I already get fucked up just by the weather too and so and then and then it's like all my routines are disrupted which is great because then I can just spend all my time focusing on how horrible my life is and how terrible I feel all the time you know and so that's really good um I it was probably the hardest season that I've had um, and it's always not good. Um, I, I, I almost did something that 
a lot of people would be ashamed of. I don't think a lot. I don't think everyone would be ashamed of it. Um, I don't want to say what it is, but I will say that there are things that society, you know, a lot of people find shameful, you know, there's not, a, you know, like cannibalism, you know, uh, 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 revenge, you know, stuff like this, you know, there's not a lot of things where it's like, if I admit this, that's a shameful thing, to admit, you know, and, and that's where my head was. And I'm not going to talk about it, but you know, it was not great. I didn't like it as it was ending. It was, um, you know, I was like, can't wait to get back to normal. And then we were going to play D and D. And then at D and D they were like, we, we don't really like playing D and D we're going to play. I uh, can't focus. Like, let's just try to play D and D once a month. And so it's like, okay, I just wanted to not think about any of this stuff about how I hate my life. And this was my escape. And now it's like, okay, well now it's just like, I hate this too. And I hate everything. And I was hoping to get out of that headspace, and here I am back in it again. And it was not good. And I did not like it. Another thing I want to say, I don't talk to my family. Um, I remember it like my parents don't try very hard. They text me very occasionally. I do not get calls from my parents. Um, I get in the ballpark of eight texts a year from each of my parents. Um, maybe more like four from my dad. Um, so they're not trying very hard and they weren't when we had an quote unquote active relationship, but I don't know, but I was thinking about that. It made me think about, I'm so sorry, Kevin. I'm just, this is just all me talking, huh? But I do. I'm loving it. I, I'm, I love okay. the glimpse into your life that we don't normally get to see. Yeah, for sure. It's like, it's not like I'm a private person. I just tend not to talk about these things because it doesn't come up, you know? Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm whatever. Anyway, I just remember there was a time where I was like, I was 20 something, you know, I was still living with my parents because I didn't, I wasn't making enough money to, to like move out. I, no one wanted to be my roommate and I didn't really want to find like a Craigslist roommate, you know, like if I was forced to, I probably could have found something, but I was living with my parents. It seemed like a lot of money to, to just take on extra debt without a job that could support it. Um, Anyway, my parents would always get, we'd always get in fights about the stupidest shit. I can't, I totally can't even remember what the, what the source of the fight was, but towards the end, my mom, especially, but both my parents engage in a pattern of behavior called stonewalling and stonewalling is when you shut down conversation about issues that you're trying to work through by refusing to talk about it. Right. Like, um, so like when you're a kid and your parents are like, nope, no discussion. I don't want to talk about it. You know, that would be an example of stonewalling, except, you know, a parenting relationships, not, you know, a traditional equal relationship. So I think it's more acceptable to engage in kind of fascist approaches than in your, your, your standard equal relationship. Right. But, um, stonewalling is really toxic because anything else has the option of moving forward but stonewalling it's a stone wall it's just this wall comes down and you can't do anything about it you can say okay i'm going to keep talking about this even if you're not going to but if they keep stonewalling it doesn't matter and the, the and a big factor of stonewalling is kind of just their inability to, to accept anything new it's like you can keep talking but it's just not going to get through their their defense mechanisms are too far up you know it doesn't even matter it's like the actual act of stonewalling is bad but the mindset that creates it is the problem as well and 
stonewalling as it happens is the strongest predictor that a relationship is about to fail if you witness stonewalling happening in a in a relationship um that you're you're seeing that relationship is failing it doesn't work and it'll almost certainly fall apart that's like it's almost the latest stage of the destruction of a relationship it can it can manifest way earlier but it usually comes in harder and harder as you know the end end approaches that's my understanding i could be way wrong but so my mom was a stonewalling queen. It was amazing. Um, and, and, uh, you know, she did it to my dad, she did it to everybody. You could have talked to her. It was great. And by great, I mean, fucking the most fury infuriating thing on the planet with a person that claims to have a brain, you know, it's like, if you have a brain and you're willing to, you know, use it and be rational in some way, then, you know, we should have some sort of exchange, even if it doesn't change any of our stances. It's like, well, let's, you know, let's share our ideas, share your ideas. Tell me what you're thinking. Don't just say, fuck you, go away. We have a relate. We're a family for fuck's sake, you know? Um, and so there was a point we were having an argument, stonewalling was happening. And I, I was remembering the statistic and just thinking like, I don't, I can't imagine my relationship with my parents surviving. Like I don't, this isn't healthy. I don't like what in other than requiring something from them monetarily or whatever, why would I ever engage in a relationship with these people? It's nothing but hurt. And so, and I said this in, in much kinder tones, because when I had this realization, when we were fighting, I started crying because it's like, fuck, I'm going to stop talking to my parents. I'm going to just not have a family anymore that's fucked and so i express it and i did it i really couched it i was like it just it really scares me the thought of moving away and never talking to you again and never having a relationship with my family because you're so toxic and unwilling to even come to the table and talk about the problems that we're having that i have no other recourse but to flee and that's really sad because there's nothing I can do about that. All I can do is tell you that I feel this is happening. And if you just say, fuck you, you know, then I'm right. And it's going to happen. And if you try to do, if you literally give any attempt, you know, maybe I could try harder and figure out some way to salvage this, you know, but you're not even, you're not even pretending to give me that, you know, and, um, that, that is what happened. It's not like after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to show them. I'm going to, you know, prove I don't need them anymore, but just, you know, I moved out. They didn't contact me. Like I said, they don't call me. They don't text me. You know, I'm doing stuff. I, you know, I don't, I don't have any reason to contact them. You know, it's not fun to talk to them. And so we just stopped talking to each other and, you know, and, uh, you know, then my parents became weird Trumpy people and I started screaming at them in text and then, uh, and then I was like, well, if you want to talk to me anymore, you have to apologize because this is not how I want to, uh, engage with people. It's not how I want people that I have in my life behaving. And I was fine with them. You know, they keep, they keep, um, texting me occasionally because they've always, uh, overstepped boundaries. That's always, they, they're terrible with boundaries. It was horrible. And, um, so, you know, they don't feel like they, they're convinced that I can probably, and they're, they're honestly probably right. It's just a matter of like, is it five years or is it 25 years? You know, they're probably making the calculation. I don't have to apologize. He'll just come back at some point, <laughs> but knowing that, or at least thinking that, cause who knows if that's actually what they're thinking, but having that in my head is like, well, fuck them. I'm not going to lose. I set a boundary. And if they're going to be like, he'll drop his boundary, 
then I'm going to not. That's it's like it's like that's also abusive. <laughs> like that's not cool. Uh, or, you know, whatever. Anyway, all of this is to say. No, I did not have a good holiday. <laughs> I'm glad it's over. I uh, I was really I, I was afraid to launch my Patreon, and I did. And since that started, it has been really nice. Um, ADD means you have hyperfixation, and so sometimes you get really into projects and you fall off of them. And I'm sure that's going to happen very soon. But at the moment, it was a great comfort to uh, sink my attention into anything else. <laughs> my life. Um. So yeah. Uh, oh. You know what, Kevin? Yes. I'm just I'm just finding out. We gotta take a quick break. Commercial break? Yeah. We'll be right back. Hey there. My name's Spencer. And you know, a lot of people have said a lot of things about me over the years. And, you know, I know that silence isn't necessarily the best way to respond to allegations, but you know, I also know that at some point you got to take the narrative back and so i just want to say that it doesn't matter what people report you know it doesn't matter what audio recordings may have picked up it doesn't you know matter how many gunshots you saw you know how much blood was dripping off my body you know how many orphans were mid-air after being kicked by me you know what matters is the truth the truth.org anti-drug measures go to truth.org for more help with uh drugs and information and stuff and we're back that was another i you know i usually try and think of at least something that could be a commercial before but another another failure but uh so we got some food and, and beverages i if i'm not mistaken so what's the deal so kevin kevin well kevin has always been on this beverage and food tasting tip because that's something that he can really get into and and make happen you know he can't he can't be all like hey what if you come up with a hilarious bit and commit to it really hard for the whole premise of the episode we'll be like no that's that sounds like a lot of work but he can send us stuff and be like what if you eat that you know and so so we found this nice routine and kevin in 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 service of this goal you approached a company a vendor of some sort what's the deal okay so this is kind of strange so there's a company called the exotic soda company so it's exotic soda co.com and they actually import a lot of very hard to find drinks and snacks and things like that and one of the things i noticed so you know call back to an earlier episode i used to work at midway games and one of the games i didn't really have much to do with this game but one of the games that was made while i worked there is uh, a driving game called cruising usa and cruising yeah. world and cruising exotica and all these well their logo is a direct ripoff of the cruising usa logo i mean it, it is exactly 100 percent our cruising usa logo just changed to be their their words and then it was their exotic other beverages or something yeah okay. and then they had another logo showing this like box set of things you could buy that was the cruising world logo a hundred percent like it's the nintendo 64 game box i think or something like that the the actual game box but just redone to pitch sodas and i was like this is really strange so I ordered a bunch of stuff from them thinking this was a great sign that I, that we needed to buy something from this company. And the <laughs> owner of it actually texted me out of nowhere and just said, Hey, you know, this is a big order. 
Uh, it's going to take us a little while. And so I got to talking to him and I was like, hey, kind of looks like you ripped off the logo of a company that I work for. And he's like, oh, my God, yes, we were huge fans. We love the, the games. So it was this weird little connection that just out of nowhere came up. And we got talking about crazy sodas and the podcast and all this. So he sent us a ridiculous amount of drinks and snacks and everything. Um, you know, they're, they're not a sponsor. They're not paying us for this. They just sent me a bunch of, of stuff. Um, they do say though, if any of you guys want to try this stuff, they gave me a coupon code to give out. So if you go to exoticsodaco.com and use coupon code that happens, all one word, you get 15% off your entire order. Exoticsodaco.com? Yes. Exoticsodaco.com. Okay. That happens. Coupon code that happens for 15% so off. 15% off. And it yep. was called Exotic Beverages, the name of the company. It's, it's the, the Exotic Soda Company. Exotic Soda Company. Exotic Soda Company. Exotic Soda Company. Okay, and they aren't a sponsor for us. They are not a sponsor. They just seem like really nice guys, so I wanted to you know, give them a little okay. shout out. Yeah, but we do have to take a quick break really quick. So we'll be right back. I'm Green the old Texan. I'm coming to you from Exotic Soda Company, and now we got the best sodas. I got my six shooters full of soda because I'm a crazy Tex man, and I got a big backpack full of juices and carbonation that are piped into my six shooters, and I'm a spray you with all sorts of flavors because it's Exotic Soda Co. Why don't you get some today? Go to ExoticSodaCo.com and use the promo code that happens for 15% off your order today. We got Japan Cola. We got Bar American Cream Soda. We got Blave of Flaves. We got all of it. We even got the Scorpion What You Can Drink. Try it today. And we're back. And so, yeah, I don't, you know, we usually just do one ad. I don't know, you know, what happened, but let's, uh, what do you want to try first? I kind of, I don't know. Do you have the, 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 we got this Mountain Dew flaming hot, right? Um, this did not come from them, by the way, this was, right. this was something we acquired earlier that we just never got that's, around to drinking. But that's the thing I wanted to say that I want to try this first, but it's not from them, but since it's spicy, we should probably try it first, right? Because then we sure. can, you know, if we have to emergency wash it down or something, yeah. we can bust into the other ones. So, so for um, those listening, this is Mountain Dew Flamin' Hot. Um, yeah, it's it was to be sort of like Flamin' Hot Cheetos inspired Mountain Dew. Right. Flamin' Hot Cheetos, you know, the Flamin' Hot brand associated with that guy that told the story about how he was a janitor and, and invented Flamin' Hot Cheetos, but that was a lie. And he actually pitched Flamin' Hot Popcorn, but it's not as good as a story. So he just says it was Flamin' Hot Cheetos now. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what's going on there. I'm going to crack this open and tell you what I'm sniffing. Um, get, get a nice head. So it smells okay. It just smells like Mountain Dew, and then you get some pepper. You know when you inhale pepper and it burns. It kind yeah, of it gives you some of that. Almost um, made me sneeze. Yeah. So I'm gonna do. I, I learned. I learned. I listened to a podcast, and the first thing they do is they like put they put the thing in their mouth, and they still just try and smell it without like tasting it. Like they put it in their mouth to get their smells. You know, not the taste. And then the second they go for the taste. Does that make sense? So I'm gonna yeah. try that. Okay. Um, but yeah, you, you narrate. So yeah, let me, let me take this little sip here. Oh, okay. So the first notes are just pure Mountain Dew kind of followed yeah. by, I think a kick of spice. Like it's got that kind of, yeah, you'd like, call this flavorless, flavorless spice. 
right? Right. It's just heat without a flavor. Like there's, to it. yeah, there is a chemical that causes this sensation, and that must just be in this. This is simply Mountain Dew with that chemical. Right. I wish there was more to it than that. It's not that spicy. I don't feel the need to wash it down to calm my burned taste buds. No, but I, I don't know if I would drink a whole can of this either. Yeah, very lackluster. Yeah, like on a, on a one to ten scale, what, what would you give the Spencer? Well, I mean, it tastes fine, but it's like I would never want it, right? Right. You know, so it's like, is that a one? I mean, I feel like this is like maybe a four in terms of like, it's not bad i mean a regular mountain dew is way higher than a four and it tastes the same like it's like how would you differentiate it's only the burn like it's just mountain dew it's orange by the way but that's yeah. just marketing you know i i was thinking four as well like it's it's not bad i don't actively dislike it i just don't ever want to drink it ever again there's not even enough spice like it's so back there in the flavor profile you're just drinking mountain dew and then you just get this kind of slow burn and it's like well that's kind of it's 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 the exact definition of you know no better than the sum of its parts right you want things to be synergistic and it's yeah. not it's you you drink mountain dew and then your mouth burns <laughs> and then it's like that could just be two separate things you might not even connect the two in your head you know if not for the labeling so i'm so sorry that you had to track this down for us this is you know a bummer is is kind of the only way to put it yeah, but, yeah. I, I was I was expecting better. I thought this was going to have a little bit more, maybe some like, even though it doesn't claim to be Cheetos, like some Cheetos flavor to it or Doritos or something. This is just spicy Mountain Dew. Yeah, I, I had I, like I, I do not like to admit that. Yes, I thought it might taste cheesy, even though I knew they're not saying anything about that. They don't want you to think it's cheesy. Like I knew that there's no reason to believe there would be. But yeah, I still kind of wanted there to be some cheese or you know, chili is a flavor, you know, you, or, or like there's this Mexican candy is like you get like a sour kind of salty with this really intense burn. Like, you mm. know, there could have been some sort of like chili lime aspect going on, you know, like like there could have been a take, but right. this isn't yeah. a take. It's not anything. Just last night I was eating watermelon with like some chili powder on it, which I'd never really experimented with before. And I love mm. that. That would be oh, yeah. a fantastic drink right now. Right. Okay. So. We got to go get some major melon. You hey, see. okay. And get some tahini or whatever. I like where this is going. Yeah, we, we need to try that. I'll tahine? mix them up tonight. Yeah, that could be really good. Uh, you ever try salt on watermelon? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, that, too. That's fantastic. Oh, uh, man, my stomach's kind of, this is just kind of the burn, I assume. But I've been, my stomach's been weird lately. It doesn't matter what I eat. I just kind of get a little bit of an upset stomach most of the time now. I even was like, okay, what if I just ate bread and chicken soup? Still happened. I don't like. I don't know what it is. Not good. It's ominous. Um, but you know, maybe that's just the inevitable march of time. Um, what do you want to go for next? Um, I'm really curious about the Japan cola. What? Okay. Yeah, so we have Pepsi Japan cola, um, and that's all it says. Like, I don't know what differentiates Japan cola from American cola. Have you heard of this before? No, I'm trying to read. I kind of have learned a little bit of Japanese from, um, well, I can kind of read Japanese symbols phonetically. So I think this is like ja, uh, pa, <laughs> ja, pa. I don't know what that is. Ka, karu, 
Karuja Re. I don't know. Suta. Isuta. I don't know what that means. But the thing is, even if I could sound it out, don't know what any of those words are. Don't know how they connect. Um, you know, a lot of times the letters are just all ran together. So I think you kind of have to understand where the words start and start, you know, start and stop to understand how the grammatical structure connects, because otherwise it's just a bunch of symbols run together, you know? Yes. It's not interesting. Uh probably not worth doing on the podcast. But uh yeah, I was hoping it could say something interesting that I would be able to understand. Um, but what do you think makes a, a cola a Japan cola? I don't know, but see, I, I've got a lot of respect for Japanese drinks and snacks because, you know, their stuff is just uncannily accurate. You know, like if mm. you drink a Japanese grape soda, it's not like our kind of like, okay, it's not right. actually grape, but we think it's grape. So Western and Eastern medicine have these kind of divergent branches, and there seems to be a similar thing going on with Western and Eastern like flavor science. Yes. Because they could do it really subtly and perfectly mimic the flavor in a way that American flavors do not, but that makes them very subtle. But that subtleness is better than the syrupy overwrought bullshit, you know, like it really you you get the flavor, you know, like it's really nice. One thing I want to say is that the logo, the label says that there's 46 calories per serving, but um, 4.2 servings per content, which is an entire right. That's, that's so not 100 an milliliters. Serving. No, if this is a 16.9 fluid ounce bottle, then this is about 4.2 ounces. Um, ish so uh, their their serving size is a, a couple sips right so then yeah so the full thing is what 16 yeah so that's yeah. about a normal soda um so what do we what do you think and smell wise just smells like pepsi huh you have a weird look on your face oh it's it, okay so this reminds me of new coke so little like soda trivia here you know, in the 80s, Coke made new Coke, which was considered a, a humongous failure everywhere except for Chicago. And up until like the late 2000s, you could still buy new Coke called Coke 2. Weirdly enough, they called it Coke 2. Mm -hmm. And um, you could buy that in Chicago just on the shelves at the grocery stores up wow. until maybe 15 years ago. This smells just like that. Interesting. Um, so you want to give it a taste while I walk you through it or yeah. I, while I describe you? taking a taste blinking he's looking off into the distance remembering fonder times <laughs> contemplating it does it reminds me a lot of new coke yeah um yeah this is flat right is this flat mine's a little flat i mean it's not some carbonation but it's not a lot yeah yeah it's not completely flat but i would call this flat um and as a result you don't it just kind of tastes like brown juice you know, yeah. it has kind of like cola, cola flavors, but without the kind of effervescence and the kind of bite, you kind of just, yeah, not great. Probably good. You know, I do think that you're right. Very much like new Coke, but I think it's even simpler. Like I think new Coke might be a bit more complex. Um, wait, new, was it stranger things, right? Did stranger yes. things re-release new Coke? Yes. Although it yes. was just the bottle. It was not actually the same recipe. It was just, they, they put regular old Coke in the same bottle. What? Yes, it was it was a total scam. I'm I'm at Okay. I ha I have a couple of those sets. I'll send you one. But yeah. No, I've had them. And okay. I did it and I tasted it under the impression it was new coke. And I was like, I mean, fine. I don't dislike I don't know. 
it didn't taste like coke but you know obviously psychos like you your, your brain primes yourself for like your flavors and stuff i don't know um but yeah so okay so now we got the bar the bar american cream soda this one also says 44 calories but this one's one serving yes that can't be right no okay so now this it has a sticker over it that says 44 but then then on the actual label it says 41 kilojoules per per hundred milliliters they may have calculated this wrong but yeah so So this is actually like you can buy this just on the shelves in england like i've seen this i never bought it when i was in england but i've seen this in england none of Um, these numbers add up like no. there's all all of these things like because this is 41 and this is 44 so that's not even they're similar but like and then there's another number here and that doesn't correspond to either of these all of these numbers are wrong so yeah. this is just a british soda i feel like this is the wrong label for this uh oh yeah, yeah. so yeah they put a new nutrient bottle that's maybe wrong a nutrient yeah. label anyway i was like is this just not going to have any sugar because that's not that's too much sugar to be sugar free, but it's not enough sugar for any other purpose. Um, yeah, See, very it's got sweet. A, a strong smell of cream. Yeah, this to me, I, I'm tasting it already. Oh, I got bubble throat, huh? Listen to my bubble throat. Um, too sweet, I think. It's got a, a, a hint of artificial sweetener too, which it does. That's it has sugar thing, has and artificial little, sweetener. Right. It has a little bit of bitterness from that kind of chemically bitterness from the aspartame kind of or whatever the fuck yeah. it is. What is it? Um, sucralose? No. Um, so yeah, aspartame. aspartame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think that's what I was tasting. Aspartame is a pretty specific taste. Um, aspartame was in like uh, 1984, right? I think like in Big Brother, you would get like these packets of aspartame. <laughs> right. And tab soda had it. And yeah. <laughs> Ugh. but yeah. but so i'm not i don't it's too sweet it's like i like cream soda but it doesn't have much of the cream kind of creaminess it's kind of just this really syrupy sweet and then with aspartame it's like why why cut the sweetness why make it it could i don't know whatever this all sucks what a bummer Do you want to try another one uh well do you have any snacks when we should do a snack because yeah, i don't have any snack. more refrigerated yeah grab a snack and i'll, I'll get whatever you picked okay um fill, fill for me then okay so yeah so when i was in uh england a few times i i enjoy, really enjoyed trying different sodas and drinks and things like that and i found a lot too that pretty much across the board everything they have is much less sweet than ours is to the point that like you know British tourists coming here just complain that everything just tastes like we've dumped a gallon of sugar in, in everything that we consume. So I can kind of see why this would be popular there. I can see why, like, you know, this would be a, you know, to them probably even a, a slightly sweeter than normal drink because their their common stuff is is not sweet compared to to our standards. Have you have you seen anything like similar to that, Spencer? Well, you know, I mean, different countries and cultures have their different palates in America. Definitely. The thing is, like, America is primarily sweet. You know, obviously, fat and salt are part of it. But I think it's I think it's still sweet more than everything else. Whereas, you know, there's a de-emphasis on sweet in a lot of cultures, flavors. But 
also just there's more positive there's just more elements whereas like we kind of only have sweet you know they right. kind of go in all these different directions this is all we got it's a bummer it's not you know <laughs> It's kind of a dead end of a road. Right. There's not a lot of elaboration you can do to it. I don't know. But this is it's like not just drinks, sweet. too, because like, you know, I've had people from other countries come here and just like try Wonder Bread and go, oh, my God, this is right. this, like dessert bread. We, you know, at home, we would have it like we would put fruit on this and consider this a dessert, not something you have a sandwich with. And to us, I don't think, you know, I don't think of Wonder Bread as being sweet. Right. I do. I love Wonder Bread very sweet i love it because it's sweet I, we always had roman meal bread all this wheat bread um so man i actually bought bought some white bread uh the other day at the store i've been making toast sandwiches that's a struggle meal i think you can find like recipes for toast sandwiches in like depression books and stuff you know mm -hmm. or like war rationing books um yeah it's just buttered buttered bread and then a slice of toast between them with salt and pepper really really good i think like the texture and stuff and just the salt and pepper it kind of makes it feel like it's like meat or something like it doesn't taste like just bread it kind of like there's an illusion that kind of makes it sound taste more like a substantial kind of sandwich and it's not you know it's maybe 240 calories or something um you know including the butter or something really really it's not super filling but you know it's a nice little morsel. I've been getting bubble throat again. I've been getting really into soups and, um, you know, so having soup and then like a little bit of bread is like, it's great, you know? Um, but anyway, this is what I found. It is not in English. Oh, this part is, it says at the bottom, there's like a tray of like seven things. And then it says Mien Kam Krab Ross. Mien Kam Krab Ross is the only kind of like English on the pack or yeah, English letters on the package. Um, well, you got it's green. It's got like this kind of tray of peanuts and shrimp. And this looks like lemon and diced up peppers and diced up onions. So I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Do you have it yet? Did you find it? Yeah, I find. Let me tell you what it is. Let me look that up. Okay, I'm gonna open it. This is like hot pot, nabe. So this is what, uh, what language is this? Lay's even? Thai taste. Thailand. It's supposed okay, to be just Thailand. generic Thai food. Yeah, like this. The the kind of thing is like a palette of spices. So it's kind of like this, just kind of like Thai palette of spices kind of applied to chips i'd imagine right i'm gonna take a bite mm. so these kind of have some sweetness bit of tang kind of like a sweet lime with some um there's some spices i don't know what you call them oh yeah it's got a very like citrusy flavor to it yes. I, I like these yeah kind of like a kind of like a sweet lime they have spice you know there's a difference between spice and heat, right? Like star anise or cinnamon or spice, you know, it's got that kind of spice, this kind of nice kind of balance of spices, but it's not, and it does have a tiny bit of heat, but it's not really hot. No, but it's, it's, it's good. It's, um, yeah, really good. I need all these for sure. Um, this also has aspartame in it. <laughs> what the fuck? I guess aspartame must just be a really good tool that a lot of cultures have embraced, huh? Yeah. No, it's, um, this is surprisingly good. This is, I, you know, Thai food's not my favorite, but this is, uh, it's, it's uncannily accurate to being what Thai food tastes like. 
but yeah. I find it delicious. Yeah, no, it's great. It's um, it's a great chip. Should come like this. Yeah, I mean that you can get like chili lime chips or lime flavored chips. I actually don't like those. I feel like it's almost an artificial and really overpowering lime kind of scent that you get in a lot of lime chips. But this is just a really nice. It's almost just kind of the essential oils, you know, not like mm. a really strong acid of like lemon lime juice, but it's kind of like the, the, the essential oils from the peel or something. It's kind of that more of an aromatic fragrant kind of lime. Oh, well, grab the other one. Do you have the other Thai Lay's? Uh, no, I could go find it. Do you want to do you want to fill while I find it? Sure. So the other one I'm, I'm, I just grabbed at the same time, it's very, very similar packaging is Nori seaweed. So it has a picture of some uh, sushi rolls There's on the sushi front of it. Rolls, one of them, is, but they're not real sushi rolls. One of them looks like it has like a, a piece of cucumber in it, and that's all. And the other looks like it's maybe like imitation crab or something. Right. But it's not like a really dynamic roll. It's just kind of, yeah. But yeah, it says nori. So I guess it's not really sushi flavored, right? It's just the nori. Right. So I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, let's, let's practice. I like nori. I don't like nori as much as other people, but I do like it. Oh, don't like this. It does taste like nori. It also has some sugar. I'm not getting too much. I'm not really getting salt. I think I could, I would enjoy this if it had more salt. Yeah. It's, I feel like I am getting some fish, like not nori, but fish, right? Yes. It tastes like seafood, but not anything specific. I mean, it does kind of taste like sushi, right? Yeah, it does. Actually, it's, it's that this is surprisingly tastes like sushi, but without the fish. Like if you were, you were to have like a maki roll with just nothing but rice and nori around it, this is what you would get. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like I'm getting a little fish, like just very faint, but I think it's in there. The name of it on the exotic soda company website is just Lay's seaweed is what they call this flavor. Yeah, no, it says seaweed. It only says seaweed. I'm probably wrong. Anyway, I would eat. I would eat both of these. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess maybe I do like these. I've eaten a lot of them. No. Well, well, that's that. And that was show and taste. The show where we taste. Um. So we don't got a ton of time. I have the only thing I did plan, which, whatever, um, was. A D and D thing. It'll almost. Who knows? Do you want to try? Do you have your character? Yes. Okay. Um. So. Let's see here. I had this idea. I had this idea to plagiarize for my D and D game, and that's what this idea is. I'm not trying to hide the fact that it's plagiarism. I don't know that I want to say what it's a ripoff of just because I don't know if you're not compelled to look into it, then like it's spoilers. If you find out, you know, I don't know. I think it'll be obvious. Oh, whatever. Uh, so no, uh, I'm not going to say it, but there'll be some names that if you Googled, you'll find what it's from. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm setting it up this way, but yeah. Um, so so yeah, I, I just had the idea that we could we could adapt this game into a D&D game. And I don't know. I we only have not too long, but why don't we why don't we try, you know? I don't know. All right. Do you need some music? 
Uh, sure, yeah. Johnny DeFever, he has lived a long, hard life. You know how elves can be. Uh, and his long life has taken him here to Salt Marsh on the burning docks. You know, while a catman stabs people to death. And a weird cultist, you know, just showed up. And Johnny wonders, you know, man, how did I get here? All these dark secrets of my past, all these horrors that I'd rather not talk about, you know? Where'd they come from, you know? And you cast yourself back, back into the times. This was probably the time after you were ejected from your family in an unknown incident that we haven't explored. After that, but before what would eventually come, you know? You might have told this story a million times, and in the retelling, you know, exaggerations happen. You know, sure, you're level three, but like, in this story, you might end up to be level 20. Like, who knows? You know, it's just, things get embellished, you know. You know how memory is fallible. So who knows how, how true these stories are, but this is your memory all the same. Back to your days as a hired blade, a mercenary for a group, a government, an alliance known as the Order of the Northern Sky. Now, we find ourselves in the past when Johnny DeFever was a hired blade for the Order of the Northern Sky. His job had take him, taken him to a monastery in Orban where he was protecting a princess who is thought to be under threat from invaders, external and internal. You've been brought on this job to the church uh, to protect the princess. And here you are, you're in the church. Uh, you see a collection of people, other mercenaries, you know, some, other, some more important people. You see the princess, you see the priest, uh, you see, uh, you know, some, uh, a member of the Royal Guard, a couple of your friends, mercenaries, you know, um you're you're all posted up in this this church because there is a threat to uh the princess and they thought they should hide her here and protect her and you were hired for that job um so that's where you are do you have any questions before i start narrating further so is am i just meeting the princess for the first time like i'm just coming into the situation now or is this a new situation in with an existing group that i've already worked with before you've met the princess on this job Okay. Um, you might've met her before, but like, it would have been really formal. I'm not super clear on it since this is from something. There's an actual right answer to this that I'm not necessarily aware of, <laughs> but I don't think you've met her, um, you know, met her very much, but you're familiar with each other. You are like the guard. So, you know, she doesn't really talk to you directly, but you know, you might've had a couple conversations with her. Um, but yeah. Okay. I, I, I think I have to lay the land right now. All right. So the 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 one of your your veteran one of the veteran um hired blades um he is like kind of your boss, you know. There's there's not necessarily formal bosses, but there's kind of like a packing order that develops in mercenaries, you know. Um he's there and boy is he loving it. Um, no, no, he's actually talking to the priest and, and they're saying, yeah, you know, they're saying, uh, Duke Galtana, uh, wants the princess, you know, in some sort of Byzantine plot and he'll stop at nothing to get her. 
and you know and uh the priest is like that doesn't square with anything i know you know but the princess is important you know we got to protect her um but yeah um at your side there's a guy named rollo and he's one of your buddies and rollo's like hey man i don't think this is anything man this is just a bullshit rollo i i found in the past that you know when you 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 think the job is easy that's when it becomes hardest so we're going to treat this seriously we're going to protect the princess and we're going to get some some great loot from this at the end and bitches <laughs> yeah. hey that that's part of the loot that's why we do yeah, this man all right that happens um but at that uh you hear the sounds of combat outside uh you know uh, voices familiar to you say they're here they're here get out here all right let's 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 cautiously walk outside have a look and see what's going on all right yeah geffen kind of takes point and he he points at a couple other people to kind of stay back but a big a, like a majority not a majority maybe about half of the people who are assembled in the building kind of kind of cautiously walk out with you um yeah so you kind of do you want to go out of the front door of the church probably that's where the sound's coming from is is there a side door we could kind of like flank around yeah and there is let, let's let's take that okay yeah so it's it's more of a back door than a side door but yeah you creep around the back door um you know this area is really quiet it's kind of uh facing kind of like a a yard and then some some trees and stuff a valley and there's there's kind of like it kind of is is protected but it, it the the other side uh what do you call it faces a main road which is probably where they're coming from but yeah this area is safe but you can kind of sneak around the corner if you want jesus christ siri started talking <laughs> Okay, so let's let's do that. Uh, let's let's have my little sidekick come come along with me and see what we can see from the the as close as we can get and still be safe. Yeah. Okay. So you can kind of peek around the corner, and in the courtyard of the church, you can see there's already a couple bodies. Um, several of your your guys, uh, you know, your your hired hands are engaged with uh, a group of knights. The knights look relatively well armed. Um, you know, knights probably outrank mercenaries in terms of like combat prowess. You know, these they're not they're not on um what do you call they're not on horseback or anything you know uh, and you can tell by their banners and their their armor that they're from a group known as the order of the southern sky they're kind of the warring factions um in this in you know in the world there's a royal family and eventually it fell to politics and kind of the the factions vying for power mostly aligned with the north and the south sky but they are engaged in combat. How, ma how many uh, knights are there versus how many mercenaries? Okay, so there's 12 knights, there's eight living mercenaries, and there's one dead of each side on the ground. And that's that's those are already engaged in combat. And then you have your detachment, that's six people, including, uh, including Rolo and Geffen and everything. So you plus five people. Okay. So I guess we, we, we need to join this battle and, and help rush the mercenaries because it sounds like those knights are going to wipe the floor with, with who's out there right now. Yeah, it does. Um, we are out of time, it looks like. So we should probably, that's probably like where we cut it, yeah? Sure. 
Yeah, but you know, these are the memories of Johnny DeFever. Who knows when he might start thinking of them again? Maybe, you know, maybe uh, the, the, the whatever Jeff's character's name is will, you know, rouse him from his memories, you know, or maybe he'll continue to remember. Who knows? You know, I, I'll put my money on he'll continue to remember for the rest of time. <laughs> the implication is because Jeff's never going to do the fucking show. Um, uh, yeah, the patreon.com slash the Sixler. Please support me. If we get to 100 goals, I'm going to open up a Patreon only Discord server. I'm going to be releasing D&D content. Um, I'm going to release a second D&D release this month. So double content this month. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to try and build stuff out. I want to do food reviews. I want to do stuff that you guys want. I'm going to do commentary of old Harmon Quest episodes, seasons one and two. I want to do commentary of old Harmontown D&D segments where I listen to it and try and remember like any ideas I might have been trying to go for or some plans that didn't work out. You know, I'm going to try and do stuff like that. Um, I, yeah, I, I just I want to get people in the door. I want to build a community and I want to give that community the best value for their money. I don't you know, arguably it might be a better idea just to have a really strong brand that I'm launching out of the door with. I have spite. I have my D&D content, but I want to tailor it to you. You know, maybe I'll do a Minecraft server if anyone wants to join a Minecraft server. I don't know, but but get in the door. Give me money. I don't know. Uh, I, I it's been so like I said, it's it really hard. And the Patreon I was like, I was afraid to do it for so long. And then it was just it made me feel so much better. So even if it all falls apart tomorrow, it'll have been worth it. But I just like it, this. This might be this might become really cool. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't know um, when what could be cooler than giving me money. What about you, Kevin? You got anything to plug? Um, if you want to try any of these snatched, go to exoticsodaco.com and use coupon code that happens for 15% off. They're not a sponsor. They just seem like great guys. Um, if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can actually watch this show live every Sunday um, on shrobhomevideo.com. Uh, we start at 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. Or if you're listening to the podcast and you wish you could see me and Spencer, you can watch the video episodes of all of these on thathappenspod.com. Yeah. And so, as always, our our perennial sign-off that's always been the same and has never changed or gotten longer or anything, our, 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 our good classic sign-off. And that's the news. Good night, everybody. <laughs>